Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to another edition of Affected by Altitude. I am your host, Skylar Timmons, and now I'm joined here on this Zoom call test of our show, always with Evan Lang. Yeah, we're trying something a little different this week in our recording process to see if that maybe gets us a little bit of better quality product for y'all. So we're going to see how it goes. Yeah, hopefully it should be nice. And especially with my terrible internet. (laughs) (laughs) Zoom seems to be working a little bit better with everything, so that's nice. And we're joined here, as always, by our homeboy, Mac Wilcox. Yeah, man. We are innovators. We are always trying to, uh, you know, take the next step in making the show better. So here we are trying new stuff. Yeah, because a little behind the scenes here talking baseball, normally we'll kind of record all of our own audio tracks separately and audacity while we're on a google hangouts meet call and then evan then takes those three recordings and then kind of stitches them together into one and so we're just trying to simplify things here with zoom so we'll see how it goes and should be good good to find out try out new things it's always good and speaking of new things we're just going to hop right into everything we've got to talk about because there's been so much action with the Rockies where, uh, hey, Mac, can you look at your clock and tell me what time it is? Brother, I see it as uh, Tovar time. I don't know if that's what you have on yours. My goodness, uh, is know. it Let, Tovar let's ask time him. already? It is. <laughs> it is Tovar time. Perhaps one of the most, maybe one of the most exciting things to happen this season uh, for the Rockies aside from obviously signing Chris Bryant, is 
the fact that they have called up Ezekiel Tovar, the pretty much expected to be the heir apparent, the shortstop of the future, who's had a phenomenal minor league season, is going to be making his debut uh, this weekend. At some point, by the time we open this episode, that Ezekiel Tovar is in action on the Rockies. And Evan, I know you and both Mac, you guys are, this is exciting, exciting news. What does this mean to have Ezekiel Tovar up on the Rockies? This is probably, so in a season that has been honestly just a big, wet, flatulent noise, Good. especially here in the second half where Phenomenal. a lot of these games have really not been a lot of fun to watch. A lot of these games have been frustrating that now this gives, you know, it gives us and, and fans something to be excited about. And that is the first major league cup of coffee for one of our top prospects not just in the Rockies organization but in all of baseball where Ezekiel Tovar is a top 30 MLB prospect and he's been really really good this season and the only reason why we didn't see him earlier is because of that nagging groin injury that he had Mm -hmm. and we talked about it a little bit before the show that it really didn't seem like Ezekiel Tovar was going to spend much time in AAA at all because that was very much more likely a tune-up to make sure that he could get his bat timing ready to go and make sure that he was fully healthy. And I think that was really proved by the fact that the Rockies are calling him up here after he played just five games in AAA Albuquerque. And you know what? He did pretty good in those five games. Um, so seven for 21, three runs scored with a home run and two RBI, uh, two walks, two strikeouts over those five games in AAA Albuquerque, it really did look like he's ready to go, especially with how well he did in Hartford this year. And I think this is pretty much the, all right, let's rock and roll for the season where we have so many uh, rookies and prospects up now on the roster. And Tovar is the linchpin of all that, where Mm. he... Linchpin, good word. Not just for the Rockies, but for the fans, he should be playing every day for the last you know week and a half or whatever's left of this season here. Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing and super exciting. And Mac, I had this question for you that I was thinking about when the announcement came up. If Ezekiel Tovar hadn't been injured, uh, hadn't had to deal with that injury for months, do you think we would have seen him a lot sooner and in kind of doing so maybe the Rockies would have traded Jose Iglesias or someone else at the trade deadline because, oh, we have Tovar that we can use now. Yeah, it's a good question. Evan kind of alluded to it too, that, you know, if it not for that injury that took him out uh, for a little while and also unfortunately uh, forced him to miss the Futures game as well, which we were all very much looking forward to. I do think that they would have, uh, you know, called him up much sooner. Whether or not they moved Iglesias, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure about. I think with the just total inaction at the deadline. I'm a little bit hesitant to think that Tovar being hurt would have changed that at all. But either way, I definitely think we would have seen him sooner. With all due respect to Alan Trejo, I think that if Tovar had been healthy, I think that would have been the call-up when Iglesias went down with an injury as opposed to Trejo. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's it's something where you're seeing 
an organization really strap the rocket to a guy and especially the Rockies of late. I think sometimes we get frustrated because we have these situations where we see these young players, these rookies that I think we want to see uh, called up more, more quickly, or we want to see significant playing time be given to. And it seems like that's the plan of Tovar. Now, as usual, I say every week we record on a Friday um, this is before the Rockies start a new series with the Padres. So we don't know if Tovar is in the lineup just yet. They've not released the lineup for today at this uh, time we record. Maybe they will at some point while we're recording. That'd be cool. But I'm not sure that, you know, he'll be starting today. Who knows? That's the hope. Uh, obviously, they didn't have him start yesterday because he just got off the plane. Might have been tired. Who knows? But we have to hope that he's going to be starting today. But yeah, I, I think that it's one of those things where it's certainly possible the Rockies might have said, okay, we've got Tovar, we've got Trejo, it's time to go ahead and make a move on Iglesias, especially when he's hitting very well. Iglesias, we've talked about, has hit very well this year. Although, again, just based on the complete inaction they took at the deadline, I think even with Tovar, it's a bit of a stretch to think that they would have moved Iglesias just based on what they did or did not do at that time as well. Um, but there's no way you can underscore how big it is that Tovar is being called up. Evan, I mean, I'm not going to use the metaphor he used, but it is spot on. Like the season has been disappointing. It's not been that much fun overall. And we've had these glimpses of fun moments like the Witten Bernard call up and Chad Cool's complete game shutout of the Dodgers. Like there's all these moments that I think are cool in a vacuum, but this is one of those moments that I think is going to be really significant to the future of the big league team. This is the guy, you know, that this is the guy. Zach Veen, I think, has been considered the number one prospect of the Rockies for a minute now, which makes sense. But when you look at the body of work over the last couple seasons, and especially just the absolute momentous rise up through a lot of people's rankings, having Ezekiel Tovar on this team is the biggest news the Rockies have had this year, I would say, by far. Yeah, and, I think and this and Toglia. Yeah, Toglia too, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I would yeah. argue that Tovar just has a bit more name power, that's all. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How about you, Skylar? How are you feeling about this call-up? And, and what a dink! Hopefully everybody can hear me still. Yeah. But it, it's been one of those things, or it's really exciting to see them call up a prospect that's just a name. No, that's really no excitement around him. It's just good to have that that name getting called up and you can have some excitement around a young guy no, that does obviously have a lot of skill. He's a, a, a defensive wizard. He's yes. got the bat. And it, it's, it's just nice to have some excitement about a guy that you hear all about all season. And then to see him arrive is just super awesome. We were talking before the show, no, this comparison – the new Star Wars show, yeah. Andor, that popped up. You know, you hear about it, you're like pretty excited about it. And then once it finally drops, you watch, you're like, yes, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And so we've had some moments like that over the past month where, you know, Montero's gotten more time. You know, they called up Michael Tolia. And side note, how how weird is it that we immediately call up two switch hitters and the prefix of their last name starts with toe? Oh, yeah. Pretty weird. That is pretty weird. We've got the big toe, and now we've got the little toe. Cute. <laughs> That'll stick. But it's just exciting. It's exciting to see 
them call up guys and give them a chance. This is what we've wanted from the Rockies. Give the young guys more playing time. Give them a look because doing the same thing over and over, sending out the same veterans over and over again, it's not helping the team. And so get a look at the future. Get started. The future is now. Yep. And I am here for it. Absolutely. But, and the other thing, I don't know about you guys. It's nice to have switch hitters in the lineup. Simply with like Michael Tolia, who got called up you know, last month near the end of August. The fact that we have two switch hitters now on the team after going years without him, it's pretty exciting. It's nice to have just that little that little wrinkle in the lineup. Yeah, well, especially because the Rockies right now are such a right-handed heavy lineup. I mean your lefties on any other day are going to be like your Charlie Blackman's, your Ryan McMahon's, and who else? Who am I forgetting? Is that it? That can't be it. Yeah, that's mostly it. Wow. Yeah, so there you go. So it's just such a right-handed heavy lineup in general that getting some switch hitters in there and you know some guys that can move around the plate, that's huge for an offense. Pretty exciting. And – you know, that kind of leads into this other conversation. You know, talking about Michael Tolia and a lot of these other rookies that have been called up. We've got three uh, since last time recorded and whatnot. We've had Michael Tolia get called up. You know, Sean Bouchard's up with the team. And then called up a couple pitchers in Noah Davis and Gavin Hollowell. And I know, Evan, you're kind of more that pays attention more to the those youngsters down pitching in the Meyer leagues. I know you've been a little bit excited about Gavin Hollowell. Yeah. Gavin Hollowell has pitched really, really well as a member of the Rockies farm system, but it's still kind of unsung. I would say the first thing to note about him is that he's like six foot eight. He's huge. But the second thing is that, so he has a career minor league ERA with the Rockies farm system of 2.86. Um, basically has only had an ERA above three in the minor league system one time. Uh, that was with Hartford here last year where he notched uh, 16 saves and 42 appearances. It's about 48 and two thirds innings uh, with well under one of 0.904 only given up three home runs, not a ton of walks either only 14 compared to his 64 strikeouts, solid fastball, What's really good with Gavin is the is the power slider um, with some really strong sweeping motion. And we saw that in some of his uh, appearances that he's had with the team so far. Now, it's interesting to me because Hollowell, and we'll talk about Noah Davis in a minute here too, was a straight call up from AA Hartford. He has never played in AAA and neither is Noah Davis. And that's really interesting to me. I think it also does speak to the state of the pitching with the isotopes right now, where it's mm -hmm. really not been, unfortunately, very good. Um, in a tough league to boot. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough league to pitch in. And the Rockies pitchers in AAA Albuquerque, I would say, have not delivered really, especially since we already called up, you know, Chad Smith and Justin Lawrence is up and all of really our other AAA pitchers that we were focused on, Jake Bird, all three of those guys have already been called up. 
But meanwhile, you have like most of the starters down in Albuquerque right now have an ERA of seven or higher. And so I think that speaks a lot to why the Rockies chose to go down to Double uh, A Hartford. I mean, Noah Davis was already on the the forty man roster, but Gavin Hollowell was not. And unfortunately, you know, tough first couple outings for Gavin Hollowell so far. He had that first outing where he gave up the game winning home run, but he also did strike out two batters, and then he gave up a couple more runs in in his last appearance, which was on the twenty first. But you can definitely see when he's on the mound, the stuff that's really interesting. And this is not the time of year where we are looking at these young, young guys to come out and win us games or to pitch clutch. Mm. Uh, and he definitely did get thrown into a, uh, a more clutch outing on his first outing because it was an extra innings game, gave up that game losing home run. But that's that also wasn't his fault. Like we can talk about that game for, for just a second. And that the Rockies you overall, can talk to Jose Mujica about that. Huh. the Rockies overall, well, before Gavin Hollowell hit the mound had already blown a five to one, six to two, and then seven to five lead. So I'm not blaming, you know, Gavin Hollowell for that at all. And we've seen some of the stuff that makes him tick on that mound. And I am just happy to have him, you know, up there and really getting the opportunity to pitch so we can see what he looks at and see where he is going to be at when we go into spring training next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and go ahead, Max. I was just curious, Evan, do you see Gavin Hollowell then as somebody that's going to contribute out of the bullpen long-term or out of the rotation? Uh, Gavin Hollowell is pretty much exclusively a bullpen guy. He's a reliever and closer uh, 16 saves in Hartford this year. He, that is his bread and butter is is the bullpen he really hasn't been a starter for the majority of his career when he was in college at St. John's he did not start a single game uh and then he has nine total starts in a summer collegiate ball so no Hollowell is exclusively bullpen for sure my best guy I was curious about that no and that's a good one because it, it gets tough with the minor league guys because they bounce around so much in different roles. But it's something I was going to say is even in his two little outings, an inning and two thirds, he's allowed just two earned runs and three runs in total with one of those being that extra base runner. Mm-hmm. He's only given up the two hits and that big hit was just the home run. Yes. And so three strikeouts in an inning and two thirds, just one walk, like aside from one, bad pitch he's looked good in just this super little tiny sample size that he's been given but yeah it's kind of a another one of those moves of why is he getting put into a major league baseball game for his debut in extra innings with a runner on second against the giants mm-hmm. no it's like sending jose mujica out against will myers with the bases loaded <laughs> like sometimes they're not putting our rookies in the best situation for their debut but I think it is, he's going to be one of those contributors for the for the bullpen. Um, and this is something we've mentioned before, and I'll let kind of Evan, or not so much Evan, Mac, <laughs> you can talk about this. Uh, Noah Davis, at time of recording, has been with the team for a week, has yet to throw a single pitch. Yep. What do you make of this? <laughs> okay, so remember how we were just talking about Tovar and how like we're really hoping that like the Rockies can give – 
him an opportunity to play every day and just get him out there. This is the same sort of thing we were talking about with uh, L.A. Aries Montero when they first called Montero up. And I get it's harder to get bullpen arms in a game. Like, it, it's just more situational. You can't start a bullpen arm, right? Montero, Tovar, they can start. Trejo, they can start. Wynn Bernard, they can start. You can't start Noah Davis. At the same time, like, I can think of a few occasions recently where, like, Noah Davis would have made perfect sense to bring into a game, like, to start off an inning in relief of the starter or, like, whatever, in a cleanup, mop-up role. The Rockies' offense has not really shown up of late in that series against San Francisco, especially, like, he could have sat in on, like, a 7th or 8th inning. I don't know. But, yeah, he has not yet pitched in the big leagues. And, you know... It's just one of those things where I will never be an MLB manager. Obviously, I have no, you know, illusions about the fact that I'm sure they have far more analytics and knowledge of the game than I do. And that's fine. But it is something that as a fan and as somebody who follows the game closely, like you do want to see these guys pitch, just as Evan was mentioning, to see what they've got. We are in the period these last shoot barely two weeks left in the season, which is crazy even to say out loud where we are auditioning people for spring training next year. That is what we are doing here. Unless you're Charlie Blackman or Chris Bryant or Brendan Rogers or Ryan McMahon, like there are a lot of open spots for the Rockies next year. We, I, I, this is what I've been saying all year long is that we are in a transformative period of Rockies history where we are going to see a lot of new faces, the Tovars and the Toblias and the Bouchards and guys like that. And so the Rockies bullpen which has been such a pain point over the last few years, there is serious opportunity to get new faces out there. The Hollowells, for instance, if Gavin Hollowell pitches well towards the end of the season, there's no reason to think that he won't show up in spring training and definitely be fighting for a spot in the, in the bullpen. It's the, it's the idea of giving these guys an opportunity to show what they've got and contribute to next year's team. So all that to say Noah Davis has been up with the team for about a week and we've yet to see him pitch. Are we going to is the plan to get mm -hmm. Noah Davis playing time at all? Uh, one thing that the Rockies have said, and you know, we've got different interviews and recordings of this is the concept of, okay, we pull, we bring guys up. We don't play them that much immediately because we want them to get used to just being on a big league team and what that means. And again, like far be it for me to have like deep insight into what that process looks like. But to me, just speaking for myself here, like one would assume that the greatest training that you could get at the big league level is to play in big league games. And you're going to have tough situations. You're going to have tough outings like Gavin Hollowell did. You're going to have situations where you might get, you know, some balls in play and you're going to give up a couple runs and that's okay. That's what this time is for these, you know, dog days of summer where the Rockies are out of contention and they are just playing for themselves and their fans are the best time possible to let guys get beat up a little bit. And if you're a young rookie pitcher, you take that on the chin and you get ready for next season. So I don't have a great like answer as to why they don't play hollow or to, they don't play Noah Davis. I think that there's been plenty of opportunities and I guess they just have chosen to go with somebody else. Um, so I hope we get to see him play this season. I hope that he starts pitching in some games just again to, see what he's got and see if he's a guy that could contribute next season. But I don't know what that plan actually looks like. Well, and it's really weird because 
at at time of recording, Noah has not <coughs> pitched since September 9th. That's crazy. And it is now September 23rd. That's and like there's been plenty points. of opportunities to get him into a game. Heck, you could have put him in yesterday when the Rockies offense just really wasn't doing anything. And it was yeah. pretty much a foregone conclusion we were going to lose that game. And then you look at if it's the potential of wanting him to start. Well, we know that, that Buddy Black really likes to keep his set rotation. And the rotation is set for the series against the Padres. Feltner today, Chad Cool tomorrow, Freeland on Sunday. So where is there room for Noah Davis? Now, the series in San Francisco next week, uh, we don't have pitchers assigned for that rotation yet, so maybe. But then you're looking at having this rookie not having pitched in like almost a month. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. At what point, why not just run one of these games like you do in spring training where, you know, oh, Chad, cool, you go out, throw three or four innings. Okay, now we're going to do a piggyback. Noah Davis, now you're going to come in, throw two, three innings. Run it like that because what do you have to lose for the rest of the season? Well, we because... just saw the Giants do that. We, we just saw yeah. the Giants uh, in game, uh, what was it, like the second or third game? It was the whatever game that Michael Brebbia started. Like that was a bullpen game. He started two. They had two bullpen games against there you us. Go. And won both of them, by the way. Yeah. Like – I'm with you, Skylar. Like, why not? Like, give, you know, these guys a day. Like, just take an extra day and say, okay, Noah, you're going to start and you're going to give us two solid innings. Followed by Gavin, you're giving us two solid innings. Followed by, you know, whoever, Austin Gomber, give us three if you can. And you can finish off the game if you're feeling good. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, may as well just give all these other Rocky starters that have pitched all year long. I mean, look, Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland have pitched all year long like all year. So like they could probably use a day, you know, to catch up on some rest or whatever. Like, I don't know, like I'm with you, Skylar. There's no reason to try some new things. So what we've said, right? Like we are in the dog days of summer, try some goofy stuff. Get weird. And I actually like the idea of doing it as the, the sort of piggyback start, like you do in a spring training game, because we have the guys on the roster to make that happen without having totally. it be a full bullpen game where you could be like, all right, Chad, you got to start today. You're going to pitch two. Then we're going to throw in Noah. Then we're going to throw in Austin Gomber because Austin Gomber is, is such an unknown quantity of what he's going to be at next season. And then, all right. So just those three guys who are all technically starters, you've got six innings out of the way, and then you can proceed bullpen as normal for the rest of it do mm-hmm. do something but there's something. this is the same thing we were talking about with Elaris Montero where there is no excuse to have this rookie called up and just sitting on the bench doing nothing especially when like I get that you want them to acclimate to a big league setting and you know, we've made fun of you know the whole oh well they're learning to to ride on planes and be in the big league clubhouse and stuff like that all right fine but at some point here you've got that same situation where Noah Davis has been up for so long now without even sniffing the mound, without having been up in the bullpen, I think, more than one time, and he didn't come into the game that one time. You got to do something. Yep. And we're in in a, I don't want to say lucky situation with the position player rookies, is that Bud Black sort of has had his hand forced uh, with injuries to 
Brendan Rodgers and to Jose Iglesias, where now probably Alan Trejo is going to slide over to second base and Ezekiel Tobar is going to be playing shortstop. Granted, Jose Iglesias has said, I think, recently that he feels fine and, and doesn't know why he's still on the injured list. So we'll see what happens with that. But it's just so strange the way that this team handles things sometimes like with brendan rogers buddy black is already saying yeah we're expecting him to be back next week at this point why what's Mm. the point the season's almost over next week make sure that he's fully healthy it's like the thing with chris bryant we're like man there's no timetable but we expect him back we want him back by the end of the season to finish it strong like why just let him get healthy let these guys get healthy. I know it sucks for them. I know they want to be on the field, and I can understand that. You know, they want to, they're competitive. They want to be on the field. They want to live up to their contracts. But at this point, too, the team can look at that and, like, guys, like, we, we don't need you right now to end this season. We just want you to get healthy and have a regular, normal offseason mm-hmm. and whatnot. So it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Like, I love but, Chris Bryant, yeah. and it's been so disappointing that he hasn't been able to play all that much this season but i would so much rather after how this season has gone just say all right nuts to it you're done just be healthy next year yes because injuries really haven't been his thing like people talk about oh he's injury prone oh he's fragile it's like we, i've talked about this before he really hasn't missed all that much time due to injuries in his career i think the shortest season he's ever played before this was like 102 games but regardless there's no reason to rush him back to quote finish the season strong because there's no way to finish this season strong and we'll talk about this more in the second half but there's no point to to rushing these people back when we can see how these rookies are going to play we've got sean bouchard out in left field and michael toglia in right in at first and alan trejo and brian servin and now ezekiel tovar it is their time it is their time to prove what they can do in a season that is lost. Hashtag let the kids play. Yeah, let the kids play. And, they, and they're and they doing that with some of these guys, and they just need to keep doing more of it. Because yeah. it's nice to see Michael Tolley getting every day at bats and him kind of feeling it out in the big leagues. He's played 20 games since being called up. He's he's His numbers are looking good. No, he's doing the things we need him to. He's striking out a little too much, but hey, that's what you get. Sure. But it's nice to see them just leaning more to that. Look towards the future. Now, Jose Iglesias was nice all season, but he's not the future of the team. We don't really need him anymore. And he's done great this season. I've been a lot of us have been surprised by that. But we got to move on now. We got to start looking towards the future. And Ezekiel Tovar. He's who we want at shortstop going forward. Uh, and that's Bill Schmidt is starting now. We're starting to see him now kind of trying to craft his team a little bit more the way he wants with the guys he's drafted. Uh, so we're getting a little bit more of Bill Schmidt's preferences for the team uh, in his first official year. We're starting to see him take shape and it let these kids play. Give us something new. Get us excited about for the future because look how that's worked out for the Mariners and the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Look where they're at right now and look at the Rockies who have refused to really do that over the years. 
as a, especially these last couple of years, look look where these three teams are and compare them. Two are fighting for the playoffs. One is comfortably in the basement. Fun stuff. But my friends, we're going to take a quick break here before we move on. Uh, don't go anywhere. We still got lots to talk about. So we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome back to Affected by Altitude. Thanks for sticking with us through that break. We're still going strong here in the second half of our podcast. Lots of fun stuff still to talk about. One thing we wanted to touch on, uh, we actually, unfortunately, we had audio issues last week. So it kind of put the kibosh on our episode last week. So we can just kind of redo our thing here where we talked about Yulish Shasin. Uh, because if you weren't aware, the Rockies did release Yulish Shasin uh, after two seasons in his return to the Rockies. And the corresponding move was to call up Noah Davis at the time. But end of an era for Ulysses Chassin and what probably is the end of his career after spending a long time in the big leagues after debuting in 2009 at the age of 21, spent 14 years as a big league ball player, eight years with the Rockies, and kind of the the setting sun here for Chassin as 2022 really didn't go his way. After a phenomenal 2021, uh, just this year it didn't really go well for him. And so it, it's unfortunate to see him go, but Chassin, low-key, one of the best pitchers in Rockies history. Evan, go ahead and talk about Chassin, because I know you got a lot on this. Well, it's funny because we say low-key, and it really shouldn't be, because if you look at the the leaderboards for Rockies pitching statistics, uh, Chassin is either top five or top ten for most of them. So he's got the sixth best career uh, war for Rockies pitchers at 13.9. He's got the second best career earned run average. He's top 10 for wins. He's uh, top five for walks and hits per innings pitched. He's top two for hits nine. He's got uh, the ninth most strikeouts in franchise history. He's really just been one of the better Rockies pitchers sort of of all time and the fact that he's on all of these leaderboards I think he he really is sort of an unsung hero when he really shouldn't have been especially when you think about how he came into the league he came into the league in 2009 at the age of 21 and didn't pitch that much and did okay but then he had really four straight seasons with the Rockies as a young, young man, age 22 through 25, where in three of those seasons, he had an ERA below four and was coming out and pitching out of the rotation for you know 30 games. So 2010, he pitches uh, 28 games 
and his ERA is 328. 2011, 31 games, 362. And 2013, 31 games, 347. The one you know outlier in that four-year stretch is, is 2012, where he only pitched 14 games, unfortunately, due to injury, and still put up a 443 over 69 innings. Like, Chassin was really, really good at a time where the Rockies, not so much. That was right after the October period was starting to end, especially from 2011 to 2013, where there was not a whole lot to look forward to for Rockies baseball, kind of similar to a stretch that we are in right now. But the that that period of time, you had someone to look forward to when Jolie Chassin towed the rubber. And and we've talked about this earlier, it was really similar with him and Jorge De La Rosa, where we had these two really good starting pitchers that were out there every week in a period of time where the Rockies were not a good team and were really struggling. And outside of those two guys, we're not really seeing a whole lot of quality pitching. And, you know, Chasin definitely took a took a fall off. I think his final year with the Rockies is why he did not stay with the team where he due to injury again, only pitched 11 games at a 5.4 ERA, but he really had a fine rest of his career where the 2017 with the Padres, he started 32 games and had a 389 ERA uh, was really, really good with the Milwaukee Brewers in 2018, that year where the Brewers made the playoffs. He was instrumental in that. He started 35 games, which was the, the career high mark for him. He had been so good, and then he sort of started to fall off there. And we saw him end up back with the Rockies as if by you know fate at the beginning of 2021, where he failed to get a job with the New York Yankees in camp, and he was he was immediately like, All right, then I know exactly where I want to be. And he came back to Colorado and pitched honestly very well last year. I think in terms of again him being an unsung hero, is that not enough people really talk about just how solid. Chassin was out of the bullpen last year and what was essentially at age 33 his first ever full season as a reliever he had been pretty much exclusively or mostly a starter for his entire career and you know unfortunately we roll into 2022 and he just wasn't the same really struggling he had a 761 ERA over 35 games and 47 and one third innings pitched um walks were up strikeouts were down his uh, his whip was one of his career high marks. That ERA he posted is the highest in his career. Unfortunately, this season has really gone down as sort of the worst career season for for Chessine. And it's such a shame that things have to end this way if that is how it ends. Because, you know, I, as as much as I've been like, yeah, maybe it's time for Chessine to move on. And I do think maybe it's time for him to retire you can't help but like the guy and be be so happy that he did decide to come back because you, you look at the interviews like he did with Danielle Allentech of the Gazette where he was like, this is home. The Rockies are my home and this is where I want to be. And what I really hope is that the Rockies keep him around in some sort of a mentorship or coaching capacity because what's really interesting about his departure is that he wasn't, dfa'd he was he was released just straight up released and what that makes me wonder is if maybe there was some sort of mutual decision between the two groups of 
all right, Jolice, it's it's the end of the season. We got to get some of these young guys up to pitch and see what we've got in them. And, you know, things have been rough for you. It it might be time. And if, if that is indeed the case, and I really hope it is that this was like a mutual decision because, you know, we've had the breakups before with um, with Jolice previously. We had that breakup with, we had the breakup with Ubaldo Jimenez only to bring him back in spring training a couple of years ago and then have him not make the roster. I really hope- break up with this, him again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I really hope this is not one of those times and Jolie's can can stay around as as some sort of mentorship because I think he is a he's a great asset in terms of mentoring these this really really young bullpen this really young pitching staff. Yeah, uh, and it's nice he he's had a big, big long career, and injuries definitely did hinder it in quite a few parts, especially in his time with the Rockies and throughout his career. No, but. 2010, he led all National League rookies in strikeouts with 138. So he had a, a good long career, and it's nice that he was able to reach the his service time, you know, the 10-year service time with the Rockies so he can enjoy those benefits uh, for the rest of his career, I guess, after his career, during his career and whatnot. But yeah. 14 no, I, seasons I like and that. 10 years of service time is nothing to cough at. Yeah. Oh. Uh, over what, 338 games he's pitched in the big leagues for a career 418 ERA. Like, that's not too shabby. It's not Hall of Fame worthy, but it's not too shabby. Uh, but I, I do like that. Again, we've, we've talked about it before with the, the release. That yeah, it, it probably was a mutual thing. Hopefully, you know, just kind of let him move on and figure things out and spend time with his family. Um, he got, he's gotten the send off that Ubaldo Jimenez deserved in 2020 where he spent that entire hiatus with the team. You know, was in the pitching meetings and everything only just to get cut from the summer camp. No, that was unfortunate. So, but best of luck to Yuli Shasin. Anything you want to add Mac? No, I, I think I really do think Evan nailed it. I, I just think, you know, we talk a lot about like culture guys and like sometimes the Rockies hang on to culture guys for too long and I get all that. But like it really does need to be said that Jolie Chassin is just a consistently positive presence in the clubhouse. Um, you know, just Evan nailed it, man. Like in a time when the Rockies pitching staff was largely not very good, um, it was Jolie Chassin and Jorge De La Rosa that held it down and had very very solid careers uh he was that staple he was at the front of that rotation with de la rosa so you know all the best to him um wish him nothing but the best in his either future playing career or in retirement whatever decision he decides to make for himself uh nothing but positive vibes from that guy yeah so best of luck to shasin appreciate everything he's done in colorado and wish him the best of luck with whatever comes next for him. Uh, but moving right along here, I don't know if in a thing that nobody saw coming, the Rockies were officially eliminated from playoff contention. Also clinched another losing season. Just came out of left field, these two things. <laughs> nobody saw it coming in 2022. Uh, but yeah, 
How, how are we feeling about another losing season and once again being comfortably in last place in the division and not really having anything to look forward to playoff-wise? So the last place in the division is a surprise. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's interesting because, like, I had – I don't know about y'all, too. I had the Dimebacks being worse than the Rockies this year. Did y'all? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, right? Yes. The, the Dimebacks have gone on a couple really intense win streaks to kind of get over on the Rockies. And the Rockies obviously have had a, a pretty brutal second half, especially of late. Um, now, I am glad that they'll avoid the 100 losses. I know there's conflicting emotions about that. But I, I personally, like, you know, I'm glad that they've still avoided a 100-loss season, which is weird to think about, by the way, that the Rockies have never had a 100-loss season. As bad as they've Despite played. their best efforts. <laughs> Yeah, like it, as bad as they've played in some of these, you know, these past seasons we refer to, like they've never lost 100 games. That's pretty wild. But yeah, I mean, another, you know, another losing season. Um, it's just, you know, it, it. I think that this is the closest we've seen. And I know it's not quite what we're hoping for, but I do think this is the closest we've seen to the Rockies admitting to a rebuild. And what I mean by that is like, you know, the – understanding that like they need to start giving these rookies playing time because like they need to rebuild at this point. They just, they just do. The Dodgers are unstoppable. Certainly that division. Yeah. Probably the national league, maybe in baseball, like the Dodgers are unstoppable right now. It makes no sense to try and even pretend to contend against them. The Padres are very good. The giants, even though they're 500, the giants are not bad as evidenced by a four game sweep at Coors field in which the Rockies were shut out twice. Like they just are not on the same level as the other teams in their division right now. They just are not. So I think that it's a bummer that it's yet another losing season, but I maybe, you know, stupidly am optimistic that the front office is now maybe starting to understand, you know, you cannot compete and it makes no sense for you to try to compete. You need to just let these guys play and see who's going to be part of your long-term future because that's what we're seeing at the moment is seeing these Monteros and these Toglias and these Pichards and these Tovars and maybe even these Noah Davises and Gavin Hollowells that will be part of the long-term team. Maybe that next playoff run Rockies team, but not right now. Mm -hmm. And you look at the Diamondbacks and why are they doing better? Because they did start leaning more towards into bringing up their Yes. You know, they're high prospects. They're leaning towards their youth movement, kind of rebuilding while relying on some of their quote unquote veterans that have been with the team for a little bit now. You know, look at Zach Gallen, what he's become this season. You know, they still have that leadership of Madison Bumgarner. Wow. So they have they have the pieces there where they're implementing more of their youth to complement some of the veterans that they have there now. And, and like no team is without veterans. Like we talked about the Mariners and the the Orioles, like the the Mariners have you know Mitch Haniger and Marco Gonzalez and some of the members of that pitching staff, and now I guess you can call J.P. Crawford a a veteran as well. They've right. got the, the veterans, but they've also got so much of that that youth movement. And the Rockies can have veterans in the lineup. Like Charlie's Charlie Blackman's going to be here next year. That's just sort of a foregone conclusion. But so much of the rest of the lineup is younger. And so what really 
bothers me is sinking in so much of of the resources into veterans when you don't really need it like randall gritchick is is 30 and elise diaz is 31 and jose iglesias is 32 almost 33 but then you look at the other end of things and all these guys on the the 40 man you've got a ton of them who are under the age of 30 and you've really got this sweet spot and where a bunch of them are like 27 and 26 and I think it's going to skew even younger next year. But it really is that the Rockies, what they should have done earlier, maybe even earlier this season, is never even having called up, uh, never even signing Jose Iglesias and seeing how Alan Trejo did for the season or something like that. Because the Rockies, we've talked about this, it's not been a good season. It's not been a particularly fun season. It's been super, super frustrating. And now here we are, our fourth straight losing season, which makes up over two-thirds of every season in Rockies history is a losing season. And here we are again with another one. And we're like, oh, well, at least we haven't lost 100 games. And sometimes I wonder if maybe it would be better to rip that Band-Aid off so we can't sell the illusion of being a consistently competitive team because oh we've never lost 100 games when we're we're just not a consistently competitive team and granted a lot of that relies on it would would rely on a bunch of changes up top in this organization that i'm just not sure are going to happen but at the very least now for this ending part of the season, we're getting a lot of the younger guys playing yesterday in that finale against the giants. I think basically half of the lineup was a rookie or one of the younger guys. Fun stuff. Uh, the Rockies are the embodiment of that one meme where it's the people in the pet of the, like the metal podiums and the one guy's just celebrating, but he's way <laughs> down like That's third or yeah. lower. Like the one, the one where it's the version of it where he's like way down, like in twenty fifth. There's just little podiums all the way down, and he's still celebrating all that stuff. That's that's the embodiment of the Rockies sometimes with the like, oh, we've never lost a hundred games. Like, yeah, but you've come close. Yes. You've also never won a division. So, yeah, it's that, one of those one frustrating. It's one stuff. of those ones where, well, we can't say, oh, at least we're better than the Orioles anymore. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evan, what's the remind me? The Orioles have hope in Rockies history. The worst season yeah. in Rockies history. Yeah, uh, wasn't that what 2012, where we lost 98 games, 60, 64 and 98, 63 and 98, something like that. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was 98 it was... and 95. Yeah, 98 is the low mark, and. I don't know. It's so so frustrating because we have what? I'm just counting how many games we have left. So three, like six, 12, huh? and then yeah, we have twelve games left. If we lost all twelve, we would lose ninety eight games. And that is it's entirely possible. possible, especially with how that uh, with how that giant series went. Where especially on that final day, we got shut out at home at Coors mm. Field. It's the one place where we're supposed to be able to hit, and we just really haven't this By year. A bullpen. And now we have three home games left. The final home game is on Sunday, 
And then we hit the road for nine straight road games. And against the Giants and Dodgers. Against the Giants and Dodgers. And if we couldn't take a win from the Giants at home, I'm not sure we take one on the road where consistently we're not very good at Oracle Park against the Giants. Sure. We're also not good where the Dodgers play. So it's going to be a rough final week of the season Which, on the road. Sidebar, who did we piss off? Like, I we've talked about the last series a little bit, but like, first of all, a six-game series is kind of weird anyway. But six games in a row at Chavez Ravine to end the season, like what baseball god have we offended? <laughs> I'm just it's saying, true. man. Like, Especially when like at that point, have... the Dodgers have nothing left to prove. Nothing. They've already basically yeah. won the division. They've already clinched a playoff spot. Dude, like that's that's grisly stuff. The six-day series of hell. Literally. Ugh. Literally. It's not going to be a fun one. And then watch, we're just going to beat up all their aces and <laughs> the score Rockies like 12 runs. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Totally. Mac, what would you do if the Rockies swept those six games? I'll, I'll tell you right now. Put it on the put it on the podcast, Evan. I'll tell you right now. If the Rockies sweep six game series in Chavez Ravine, I will you can uh pick between three different tattoos that Evan will put up on the official affected by altitude Twitter and the one that gets the most likes, I'll get tattooed in my body. That's how confident you are. I'm, I'm that... dead serious. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding. You can pick between three, like, you know, like work appropriate, reasonably small, right? But like, I'm dead serious. Evan and Skyler will pick out three different tattoo ideas. And if the Rockies sweep all six games in Javis Arena, I will get one of them tattooed. That's a, that's a promise. That's a straight shoot. A, a dangerous bet there. I would but at love the same time, if... though, is it that dangerous? Where I when was the last time the Rockies swept the Dodgers? And then when was the last time the Rockies won a series at Dodger Stadium? And then when was the last time the Rockies won six games in a row on the road? The Rockies haven't even won six <laughs> games in a row, period, in like yeah. two years. I was gonna say I would just love the Rockies win the first five games. It's bottom of the ninth in game six. They're up by one, and then they lose on a walk-off. Oh, brother. I'm telling you, man. I, dude, if they win those first five games, I'll be watching game six like it's the Super Bowl. Like, it'll be <laughs> the most significant baseball game in my life. My one the Rockies. I think you're safe, Mac, if only because I think the longest win streak the Rockies even have this season is four games. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I, I am confident. Um, but I will, I'm telling you, but I'll do it. I will do it. <laughs> my hilarious fantasy that I always think of in my pessimistic view sometimes is that I go my entire lifetime without the Rockies winning the world series, but then I eventually I'm on my deathbed. They're in game seven of the world series and they're like batting in the bottom of the ninth or something or something happens. The ball gets hit. And then I never know if it's a home run or a caught for the third out because I die before the ball is caught. <laughs> and so then I just, I just never go my life 
my entire moral life knowing if the Rockies won the World Series or not. That's so brutal. I hate that that's a thing <laughs> we even have to think about. That's crazy. But it is hilarious in my mind as well. Just <laughs> the final ball and just hear like Drew Goodman or someone announcing you know, the ball's in the air and props to Drew Goodman for living that long. Man, he <laughs> I was about to say that's a longevity by that Drew. point. <laughs> or a very short life it, for you, Skyler, which in that case, we have something else to be concerned about. Hey, but at least the Rockies will make it to the World Series sooner rather than later. Anyway, it's just, it's just tough because next year is the 30th anniversary of the team. And yeah. we have no division wins. We have the one World Series appearance. The Rockies have been a, a losing team for more than two thirds of their existence, more than two thirds of the season that they've played. I think is it, was it 21 or 22 losing seasons out of the 29 that they've played? It is 21 losing seasons. And, and a fun, and things don't fact feel like there's a, there's an upside. What's the fun fact? Yeah. And the fun fact is I've tweeted this out a while ago, but that was just for fun. How many losing seasons have the have the Dodgers had? You know how long or how long has it taken them to have twenty one losing seasons? And dating back during the Rockies' existence from twenty twenty two back to nineteen twenty nine, in that time span they had twenty one losing seasons. Oh, that's crazy! And that's dating back to the Dodgers being called the Brooklyn Robins, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and then the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's crazy. That so is that, a soul-shattering fun fact. That is that yeah. is sobering stuff. Wow! Like it, it, the Rockies have lost more in just a little thirty-year span than the Dodgers have in almost a hundred years. That's crazy. Fun get stuff. Of, get us get us out of this division <laughs> for real. AL Central. AL Central or bust. Hey, look at look at what Cleveland is doing out in the AL Central right now with a very very young team. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and that good for them in a division that no, really realistically every year could be anybody's division mm-hmm. if a couple of those teams would figure out their stuff or not collapse. Ugh. That would be a pretty competitive division that feels like anybody could win it any year. Yep. Versus, unfortunately, here in the in yeah. the NL West, it really is just well. It's probably going to be the Dodgers. It's like, this division's like when I'm playing Destiny Two with my buddies. Oh wow! And my, my one buddy has just played this game a ton. He's got all this awesome stuff. And then we, if we play like the the you know Crucible, any of those like Crucible like Deathmatch type games, mm-hmm. and I'm just getting wasted, just one shot i'm alive for maybe two minutes and i'm getting shot and i look over at my buddy and he's got like 30 kills and we've only been playing for like 20 minutes for like 10 minutes <laughs> and somewhere um, he's just taking down guys all this awesome equipment that's what it feels like to be in the national league west it's like playing i'm alive for two seconds it's like playing in mlb the show it's like playing diamond dynasty online Boy, and those are both references that I get, and they hurt me. They both they both bum me right out. <laughs> <laughs> but Skyler, it doesn't matter if you have a good team because 
there's always going to be someone out there with unlimited time and money to have a better one. True. And they throw nothing but curveballs in the dirt and I swing at them. Every time. Every time. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, any final expectations for this last week of the season coming up? We've talked about it sweeping the six game series in Los Angeles. That's what Max expecting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Totally. Any any final expectations or things you're looking for or hoping will happen? Uh, for me, CJ Crone getting the one more home run to have a 30 home run season, I think is, I think it's really funny because we did a predictions episode a couple weeks ago where we weren't sure if CJ was going to uh, hit the 30 mark, but now it's looking pretty likely, mm-hmm. uh, especially now that he's got over 100 RBI. Uh, first time that that's happened on the Rockies okay. since 2019. So, ouch, but also good for C.J. Crone. Uh, Ryan McMahon, I would also like him to see uh, 20 home runs. He's got 17 right now, and I think three home runs in the next you know, 12 games is perfectly doable. So that's what I would like to see happen. I would also like to see, you know, Ezekiel Tovar needs to play every right. single day for the next 12 games. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think I think those numbers you mentioned, the home runs are super achievable. That would be nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I like you mentioned the CJ Crone thing. Over 100 RBIs, almost 30 home runs, which is a, you know what I'm saying. A, a nice thing. It's it's just more of that stuff. Uh, seeing seeing what these guys have, man. Um, you know. This is the Rockies team you're going to see in 2023. And I think that letting these guys have an opportunity to play right now, getting ready for spring training, you know, try to end the season on a high note um, as best you can. Uh, and that's all you can do. You know, there's very little to play for right now. Right. Like with, there's no, there's no other way of looking at it. Like there's, there's just no real um, like, true attainable win or benchmark you can hit beyond those notes uh so you know let the guys play have some fun get it ready for next season and let's just see how much fun we can have towards the end of the year yeah because like we said there is it is realistic that the rockies could lose every single one of these 12 games yeah totally is what about you scott what your expectations or hopes uh Let's see here. And I apologize if I talked over you, Mac. You disappeared for a second and I didn't hear anything from you. Oh, for no a while. Worries, buddy. You're good. Uh, but some for me is just like the, the mantra of just finish strong. You no, know, let these young guys go out, show what they can do. No, and let some of these guys finish strong. Let Michael Tolia keep playing. Let Montero keep playing. Yeah. Um, let some of these guys show what they can do and get those reps and you know, looking for these teams, it's just these young pitchers, especially or guys that we're going to have next year. You know, there is a lot to finishing the year on a good note. You no, know, I'd like to see Armon Marquez, Kyle Freeland. You know, some of these guys that are going to be here next year in our starting rotation, I want them to show some good improvement more and more to finish the season on a good note, because there's nothing worse than, finishing things on a sour note. Yep. You know, the Northern Colorado Owls baseball team that I was working on 
our final game that wasn't rain out, rained out that ended up being the last official game. We lost 26 to seven. So Oof. not really the note you want to end on and have your final two games of the season rained out to end the season. So it's kind of a thing you want to finish. I just want them to finish the year strong. Don't get blown out. You know, don't be getting shut out again and again on the road. Now, if they get shut out more than once on this upcoming road trip, oh, that, that's a failure. Mm. No, end of the season on a good note and then have a plan going into the off season. I just, that's what I want is for them to just have that plan going into the off season of this is what we're probably going to do and just be a little bit more transparent and then show those results on the field. It's fair. But if anything, I just want them to win on the last home game of the season because I will be at that game. Oh, there you go. Nice. I should be there as well. Love it. So when you're listening to this, hopefully they won. (laughs) And if not, it's Evan's fault. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he gave up three runs in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> it got so bad that they had to call into Evan to pitch. <laughs> hey, Which it, would also be an incredible story as well. <laughs> be a heck of a story for me. There you go. It'd be like the end of rookie of the year. You're just up there doing the weird lob, the slow lobbing. Get maybe maybe thirty eight miles per hour on my fastball. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy that be! It. You're just, just sitting say, there just to say that I did it. I do it. Why not? Right? You're just chilling in the stands. They're like, "Oh man, we need a pitcher." And they just point at you. Get out there, brother. <laughs> we can only dream. Anyways. That's going to do it here for this edition of Affected by Altitude. And thanks for, as always, for hanging out with us, listening to our shenanigans. <laughs> it's always a good time. Uh, but, Mac, where can the folks find you? Totally. So hit me up on Twitter anytime, at MacWilcoxCBP. Happy to talk about Soraya in AEW. Or talk about the Rockies anytime. You can also catch my game recaps the last couple of the season on Tuesdays and on Fridays at purplerow.com. Evan, where are you at? So you can find me on Twitter at, at Evan underscore Lang27. I would love to hear from you. Um, talking about pretty much whatever. It's almost time for hockey season. Talk about how my Green Bay Packers are doing. Talk about the abs which i'm super excited to have started back up but mostly still talking about baseball talking about that world baseball classic great yes, britain and the czech republic qualified for the tournament uh you can also find me writing our sunday game recaps for the remainder of the season on www.purplerow.com where the rest of our incredibly talented and incredibly amazing writers are please if you see any articles or anything that you really like don't hesitate to share them so other people can see them Uh, our site survives on on views and clicks unfortunately and we try and do our best to make that happen without resorting to things like clickbait titles skylar where can we find you at uh you can find me on twitter at at sideline underscore crowd you can also find me writing my sunday rock piles that are just full of clickbait titles uh (laughs) Ridiculous. <laughs> also, I think our website uh, 
that URL that Evan mentioned, I think, is incorrect. Shouldn't it be LLL.PurpleRow.com since we write about the Rockies? Hey. Uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. You can find us all on Twitter and always, again, as always, check us out on pur- PurpleRow.com. Share the articles. If you see ones interesting on Twitter, at PurpleRow. If you see them, read them, share them. Every views are always helpful and just building our little Rockies community and doing all that good stuff. And but hey, that'll if you're do it here for this about week's Tobar edition. time, I have an article for you that went up on Thursday that's all about Ezekiel Tovar's rise and how it came to be Tovar time. There it is. This is true. This is true. You can always catch us, as always, and let us know how everything's going and what you'd like to see for the show, especially off season coming up let us know what maybe you want us want to hear from us in the off season what kind of content we can be a little bit more creative in that off season and maybe we'll even try to get guests if we ever get around to it in this new format (laughs) and everything we talk a big game sometimes we don't capitalize on the big game much like a team we write about oh you're brutal anyways we'll get 10 hits but not score a single run Yeah, we'll load the bases with nobody out and fail to score. Y'all are tough. (laughs) It's just been one of those. It's we're in one of those moods today, Mac. Affected by altitude, truly is the noble tiger of podcasts. Nice. I don't even know what that means. But uh, nobody out, bases loaded, failed to bases loaded, failed to score a single run. Kind of acronym. I forget exactly what it stands for. Okay. We'll get lines out here. I'll explain it to us. Here, I'm pulling it up right now. Anyways, no outs, bases oh, loaded, ending with team incapable of getting easy run. Noble Tiger. See, you learn something on this show too. <laughs> Learning and growing. Okay, I'm going to try to close the show out finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's been okay. one of those days. Yeah, it's more fun when we're on Zoom. So now we can talk over each other and have more fun. But as always, we thank you again for tuning in and hanging on with us. The season's almost over. Hang in there, kitty cat, tiger poster thingy. Uh, It's almost the off season where hopefully the Rockies can start doing some stuff. But until then, we'll keep writing about them and keep talking about them. So we'll see you next time here on Affected by Altitude. Uh, Evan, hit him with it. Farewell. Beautiful. Green Wizard is about to die. I need healing. <laughs> it's like right when the show's about to end, we just like become a mess. <laughs> <laughs>